Hey lovers, this is Katie, and this is Sex on Sunday with Katie. And I have a very special guest returning to the show. He is the founder of The Sweet Spot. He's an author, visual artist, poet, and fellow Brooklynite. What? By way of J.A. Jamaica. Yep. <laughs> Yaman, Yaman. Welcome to the show, Ainsley Burrows. What's up, bro? How you doing? How good. You doing Very good. There? How you doing out there, sexy people? Uh, Listen, <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to maintain cool because I was reading your books on the train and getting all, like, bothered. Get real life. Got, I was like, I got to call my man. <laughs> He's right here in the studio, so I'm we good. in here. <laughs> I said, listen, baby, you got to read these books. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's interesting that um, cause I wrote the book from a male's perspective, specifically for men to enjoy, right? But like women love it. Oh my God. Well, I'll tell you why. Well, first of all, let me let the audience know um, what we are talking about. We're talking about uh, the latest book is called Sex Addiction. And the book previous to that is called Bang, Bang, Bang. Bang. Summer of Sin in Brooklyn. How do you um, classify these books? Do you classify them as black erotica, erotica? So they're pop erotica Pop erotica, right. So it's like um, some erotica goes so far that it becomes almost pornographic. Yeah. Um, because of the stuff we do with our company, we try to make everything enough so like a housewife could read. Right. Like somebody who's like married, got their two kids, put them to sleep and they go to read and... That's yeah. what we write it. Somebody's auntie. Yeah. Somebody. So, yeah, somebody's auntie. Uh, <laughs> somebody's <it>. auntie. <laughs> yes. That's good. Yeah. Well, I mean, I thought it was a little bit more. I, I yeah, mean, it, I don't it know. It is edgy. It, it is, is edgy, but it's not going to go somewhere where you're like, oh, I can't handle this. It's I, just enough to get you right to where you need to get to to do the things you need to do when mm -hmm. you need to do the things you need to do them. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's just jump right into yeah. the books because... Um, I want to talk about the setting. The setting is in Brooklyn. Yeah. The set is in Brooklyn. Yeah. And um, uh, tell us about that. Tell us about why you decided to, to write about Brooklyn and <clears throat> in Bohemian lifestyle. So, um, from traveling around the country and around the world, like, everybody has this view of Brooklyn. Like, Brooklyn is this insane mecca of art and beauty and cool people and dope parties. And, and they want to experience that life but most people can't make it to Brooklyn yeah so I'm like I'm gonna write a book about Brooklyn and some of the people I might know or I might make up yeah <laughs> <laughs> so for legal yeah, reasons right. with the screens with the screenplays for, for, for legal reasons these are all people I made up but they, you, uh, may, but but the you may know them you made them oh, up, but, but you I made might them. know them. So I, this is what happens, right? This is what I tell people. 99% of the story is made up. But that 1%, that 1% is what makes it real. Listen. Yeah, that 1% is what makes it real. It definitely is um, from a male, it's male-centric. Yeah. It's from a male yeah. point of view. Yeah. But I love the way, first of all, ladies... There's sex in every chapter. Yes. Like that was amazing. Like I'm like, how the fuck I'm did surprised, you do that? I'm surprised you caught that. Uh, what? This is so, Sunday with Katie. All right. So, <laughs> so, like, so like the the first premise of the book is like every single chapter has to have some kind of sex. Something. And it's always a different kind of sex. Exactly. Mm. Different combination of people, age. I um, don't know race. how you did it. So yeah. So it was it's, amazing. It's I said, wait till I get Ainsley. I'm like, where is he getting this imagination from where he has like yeah. all I'm just making, different I'm just characters? I'm making stuff up. Mm. No, I'm 
sorry. Somebody's shaking their head. And exactly. I'm like, this is some this is learned behavior. Like this is this is something that means this is observed behavior. And observed behavior. Okay. his nephew. So so this is what happens, right? Um when you have a, a rich source mm-hmm. of um, inspiration, it's it's easy to to cut close to reality. It's true. Right. So you're in Brooklyn, like right now in Brooklyn, I could literally go to a party and there's ten people who I know somehow there's a lot there's of overlapping in their relationships. Like, so was it like it's over, in over Brooklyn? Years, I think it's more like four degrees of separation. Yeah, probably two. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like there's a lot of overlaps because then yeah. every most of the artists I know in Brooklyn uh-huh. I've known for like 20, 25 years. So this person dated that person in 2005, right. or this person dated the same person in 1995. This person is dating that person right now. Exactly. So it's like there's all these overlaps. What if that all happened in one summer? Man, it would be a great summer. Yeah, it was a great Don't summer. Don't forget to call me. <laughs> it's like the best <laughs> summer ever. Well, let me just congratulate you and compliment you on yeah. your your writing ability and your writing style. It's just, it was wonderful, and the way that you wrote the book in short chapters. Yeah. So that you could, um, so that you make it easy for people to read, and it yeah. kind of like it has that old school. It's kind of old school style with yeah. the short, you know, short book. I love it. Um, so let me just also say that what I love the most about what I've read was yeah. how you empowered women. Yeah. Even the women who like they kind of were not, you know, having sex or mm. they weren't, you know, experiencing pleasure in a yeah. way that that they, you you turned that around for them. For all the characters that were going through something, you turned them around and all of a sudden especially um, my favorite cap- character is um Sophie. Sophie, yeah. Sophie was like, she was whacking bed. She was <laughs> tell had us. Problems in the she relationship. Was problem relationship. Couldn't have no orgasms. <laughs> Faking it every morning. Yeah. Oh no. Right? And yeah. then what happened? Sophie, she ended up her Sophie, best friend Sophie. ended up her best friend ended up hitting her up in the bathroom and yeah. they had like a lesbian sex. <laughs> nice. And then next thing you know, she was like turning her man out. Oh. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yo, it's <laughs> nice. These are all made up stories. <laughs> I, you keep saying that, uh huh. Sure, really, sure. Then, yeah. Um, because what happens is, is, is so everything else aside, Brooklyn aside, it's almost like the 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 character has to move, right? The character mm-hmm. has to develop and change. So all the characters, well, how you meet them in the beginning of the book, it's not how you'll find them at the end of the book. Right. Everybody is changed. Everybody is yeah. a. a bigger better person some people are lesser people mm-hmm. at the end but every single person you'll see them change throughout the book mm-hmm. and i think um beyond just the the sex part of the book is the, the personal story of each person there you'll find somebody in there that looks like somebody you know or it could be you or reminds you of somebody you Absolutely. know or oh i had that experience before and that's it's all just like bringing up the parts of the human psyche that's you know and it's great because, you know, the other thing that you did, because I am also a fellow Brooklynite, um, by way of Queens, I always have to run yeah. my barrel. Um, and you go, all the places that, all the all locations. All the cool places in Brooklyn. All the locations from Moe's to Brooklyn, Brooklyn Moon, Moon, Saragina, no. uh, what, what else? The, um, peaches. Peaches. Um, Havana. Yeah. Havana mm. Outpost. 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 Yeah. Outpost. Yeah. Outpost. 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 
just all the places in Brooklyn, like just yeah. all the cool places, um, Olio, yes. which is on Claremont. Yes, yes. Um, the, the Italian uh, restaurant the corner, that used to be. What's it called? The, um, it's closed. It, it's switched into a seafood restaurant now. It's right across from um, Madiba's. Um, Cornerstone. Okay. Yes, Cornerstone, yes, yes, yes. Cornerstone. Uh-huh. The five spots. The Jamaican restaurant. That was the old huh? Sheila's. Jamaican restaurant. Called Imani. Yeah. Yeah. The five right. spot. Like every single place that's like just all the cool places in Brooklyn. It made it so easy to read. Yeah. Um, I do want to introduce the other people that we have in the studio because it's just rude to sit here and have yeah. this conversation when they're chiming in. That's all right. I'm trying to learn about the G spot. <laughs> Be free here, y'all. Daryl Winston. <laughs> we have Daryl Winston in the studio, and we have Darren Lyons. Darren Lyons also in the studio. Welcome, guys. Thank What's you up? for What's up? good to be here. Which one of the characters here? might or might not be based on? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure. I'm sure. I know you could do a whole book on me. Listen, <laughs> trust me. <laughs> you really could. Yeah, I'm telling you, <laughs> you really could. I know a lot of those characters mm-hmm. in fiction. Yeah, but you did keep one. You did keep one character that we all know here. Oh, my Mike from the Brooklyn Mike, Moon. Mike, yes, from yes. the Brooklyn Moon. Like when you read Mike, you'll be like, oh, that's Mike. You know Mike, Mike. Yeah. exactly. And yeah. that was that's an honor. Yeah. And he's aware of it. No yeah, 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 yeah. Is, 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 I gave him the book, but I don't think he read it, but his daughter read it. Okay. And she loved it. It's a yeah. great. Yeah. Which one did she read? She read the first one. She read the Bang, Bang, Bang. She loved it, yeah. Whoa, was she age appropriate? Yeah. Oh, okay. She's she 20 something. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's a freak. Yeah. So, oh. No, I, I don't mean like that. I want to go there, I don't mean like sir. that. I don't mean like that. She into it. She into it. So, so tell us some more about your inspiration outside of, you know, your observation, like, yeah. you know, between the, the couples. So you had Brenton, well, not. Brenton was a single guy. Yeah. But you had the two couples. Yeah. Sophie. Why are you laughing? Sophie and Max. Sophie and Max. And you have Amanda and Maurice. Um, Darren. Then you, have, then you have Darren, who is um, uh, Maurice. Uh, um, Amanda's, Amanda's brother. Amanda's cousin. Oh, cousin. Amanda's cousin, uh-huh. but he's kind of couch surfing. Yeah. Um, interesting story about Darren, the character. <laughs> this Darren. Is that Darren, and this is, all right, so this is based on a true story um, from my wife's cousin. Okay. Um, is gay. Yeah. But. Which one? I'm talking about. I can't say the name. Can't say his name. Yeah. It's, <laughs> but but we were hanging out one night and um, he he was just he was drinking uh-huh. and he just became straight and he was <laughs> on Sabrina. Like, this he was, is like this oh, is yeah. yeah. So we was like we was like yo, do you really get good? straight when you drink? <laughs> <laughs> so that's what that character is based He's on. He's one of my favorite characters outside yeah. of, uh, yeah. of um, Sophie. Oh, yeah, because yeah, he has so much um, complexity. Yeah. You know, and, and it gets even more complex. And 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 the thing about it is. You included everything. Everybody. Yeah. Everything, yes. everybody. Yes. And and this is a great book. I just highly yeah. encourage people to go out and read it. So backstory on the book also is like the book is written particularly for conversation. Yeah. So I wrote a book specifically like to have conversations about, say, for example, there's this woman having a relationship with her husband. She's not having orgasms. Yeah. Let's mm. have a conversation about it. Yeah. Right. <coughs> Sorry. And then... Each ca- each chapter that you read is a mm-hmm. conversation piece. Yes. So that's why you see it changes the different forms of sex. This, that, that, da, 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 da. And what's great, you do, you get <coughs> tons of backstory. So it's yes. not like you know a lot of. It, I found. <coughs> you need water. Sorry. Yeah. 
Um, I might hold on. A lot so of rare nephew. He got some. He got some. A little bit stronger than water. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. <laughs> okay. A lot nice. of the. Um, yeah. I can give you some water. A lot of the characters, um, ha- like I said, have this backstory yeah. that I, I really can you point that I really appreciate. Um, like Megan, for example. Yeah. Right. Just so we, before I even go there, let me just also. Let me let people know um, that these books are considered pop erotica. Pop erotica. They are sexy books. Every chapter has sex in it. Um, and no, you wrote no. these books. You wrote these books to inspire people. Yeah. Yeah. Inspire people in their sexual activity, but also to you know, spark conversation about mm-hmm. sex and sexuality. Yeah. Because that's a big part of what um, our company and our show is about. So we want to have that as like uh, something that pairs with the show, and um, people people tell me they read it and it really gets their their it gets them, get their juices going. Yeah, man. Let me tell you something. Yeah. So I have um, another part of my business, a wellness business, yeah. that focuses on pleasure, and like I spoke to you earlier today, I want to add this book to my. My toolbox. Let's, let's do that. I want to add the books to my <laughs> toolbox. Let's do that. Because one of the things that I try to promote when you're dealing with pleasure is not to use toys mm. and to not masturbate. Mm. Um, I'm not a big, especially if you're having problems with orgasm or you don't know, you've never experienced orgasm or you don't know what your G spot. Mm. So I have people start from scratch, right? And so a lot of that means that they're relying on themselves, yeah. on um, their own senses to you know to gain arousal and to maintain um mm. or or achieve orgasm yeah. and so a lot of times when you use tools and you watch porn yeah. and all that you're it really not short circuits it exactly yeah. so um and i had thought about doing this before but now i actually have tools that i can use this is awesome yeah because when i was on the train i was like yes <laughs> hoping the lady above me wasn't looking down <laughs> Um, so yeah, I'm really excited about the books, but I do want to talk a little bit about the sweet spot. Yeah, um, we had you on before. Uh, tell us, tell us again what the sweet spot is. So the sweet spot is a um, burlesque variety show. Um, it's pop erotica, is yes. a, which is a term that we coined. Yes, like pop erotica, like we have trademark. I know. Yes, I'm so, so happy about yeah. that. So um, um, pop erotica means that. It's never gonna go so far where my mom can't be in the audience. Yeah. Where somebody's auntie, like you said, can't be in the audience and enjoy it. So we'll go right to the edge, but we'll never cross that line. Mm-hmm. And it's always sexy, it's always fun. So what we try to do specifically is to get rid of all the taboos around sex. Mm-hmm. And the show itself is an actual conversation. We don't tell the audience that, but the audience is engaged in the conversation. And by the end of the show, they're like, oh, wow, like, oh, and, you know, people get ideas yeah. about what they could do or how they could make their lives better. And that's the, the, the core of what the show is about. And that's so interesting because with the books, not yeah. to go back to yeah. the books, <laughs> but while I was reading the book, I also said, for somebody who doesn't know what this is or what this looks like or what it or how it's described or yeah. what it actually is, you do a great job in describing, like, true sensuality, yeah. you know, wet vaginas, yeah. hard penises, nerve endings, <laughs> and it's also, in every chapter, yeah. there's safe sex. Yes. Right? You're a big promoter That's of a condoms. Big, we did it on purpose. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. Because, um... Except for the one time. 
But no, but that was a choice. Right. That was a choice. Right. The person made a decision. Da 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 da. No, I'm talking Which, about with Darren. In in the second book. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh okay. Yeah. So that that no that that's a plot that's a that's a plot, a plot point. A plot point. That's a yeah. plot point. So yeah. that's that's, that's the only one that I re- yeah. that I recall. Yeah. But the well, reason why we do it is because there's so much sex in movies and in popular culture but nobody talks about condoms i know and when you have even uh, on this show i'm like damn i never talk about safe sex yeah we have we put our condoms at our shows and at first people were like a little nervous about it because like oh a condom because they're grown men who go to a store to buy condoms right and if somebody's standing there they won't even ask for it mm. they'll stand around like mm. ashamed that they're gonna get yeah. ass <laughs> it's just really? weird so like we made it a part of our show a part of the books everything Every character is always a conversation about condoms and not like a conversation, but it's involved in all the sex. Cause we have a issue in our community with mm-hmm. safe sex. Yeah, Pl- plain and simple. Yeah, plain and simple for a number of reasons. But when you, that's another show. You can come yeah. back and we can yeah. talk about that. Um, I, I am gonna come back to the book again because I want you to read. <laughs> but for now, um, so tell us how many cities are you in? The show is up and running right now in, I think, 25 cities. Mm-hmm. But we've done the show in 41 cities. And sometimes you lose a, a venue in a city, and we have to start over from zero and get a new venue and start over. Um, but we're up and running in like 25 cities right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're always adding new cities, yeah. and cities go down, and we add new cities. Um, but right now, we're at... About 25, 26 cities. I haven't um, been to a show in a while, but I plan on coming to the next yes. New York show, which is at the Sony Theater. Sony Theater, um, right across from Hamilton. Yeah, yes. Nice. Uh, that's nice. on Broadway. Looking forward to that. Um, uh, the Sony Theater um, is special in that it has the best sound in the entire country. Because Sony, that makes all the technology stuff, um, they're the ones who designed that room, and it was it's an old burlesque theater called the Diamond Horseshoe. Yeah. So it's beautiful. The lighting is beyond anything you'll ever see. The sound is perfect. I mean, so I love the show when it's at Drome. So I can no, only trust imagine. Me, imagine Drome is like um, it's like uh, smoking a cigarette when you're 14. <laughs> Sony Hall is like shooting heroin into your <laughs> neck when you're like 85 and really? you're a blues player. I want wow. heroin. Yeah. <laughs> I want heroin. <laughs> Give me that opioid. Yeah. Wow. It's a whole wait. different level. Like, whatever you saw at Drum, mm-hmm. that time's then. I can't wait. It's, and it's, we had, last show we had 570 people there. So the energy's just like supercharged. It's beautiful people. Everybody having fun. It's, you're just there for a good time. You've been doing this for a decade. For 14 years. Over a decade. Wow. Yeah. Um, how have you seen, how have things changed? So originally when I started the show was because I was doing it as kind of um, um, a fuck you to some people that of course. didn't like something. That I put out an album that was all erotica poems, and people were saying that I sold out, that I was selling pussy poems. And it's kind of weird, because this is an art people, mm-hmm. and they had an issue with sex and sexuality. It's like the feminist having an issue with sex and sexuality. You're like, what? <laughs> it's like a you know, It's not making any sense, right? It doesn't make sense. So um, I started this show, and originally the show was called Freak Nasty, because mm-hmm. I wanted to give it a... a, a a name that specifically let people know what the show is about 
And then we created a, um, a build a show around it, and people came to the show, and people loved it because there's a, a big gap in our community that everybody is doing all these things, but nobody's talking about sex, mm-hmm. nobody's talking about sensuality, mm-hmm. nobody's talking about sexuality, nobody's talking about like um, sexual love, or nobody's having no conversation about it. So it's, it became like, why not? But everybody was but watching everybody, porn. But everybody's watching porn. It's so weird. Which is like the short circuit, right? I mean, the whole Gen X, we're, none of us are Gen Xs here. I mean, none of us are uh, millennials here. We're all Gen X, I think. Thank you very much. (laughs) But it's like the millennials, they just, they grew up on porn. porn. Yeah, Pornhub. They're straight Mm -hmm. up on porn. Like, they don't even have, like, I mean, of course, our stuff was a little more repressed, but I think we had, like, actual interaction and contact with one another. A whole bunch of it. Yeah. (laughs) Right? (laughs) I mean, (laughs) yeah. Um, You know, so it's a little bit different. And I think... You know, to your point, you know, with the sweet spot, what I love is that it allows people to experience it in an open setting and it normalizes it. Yes. So how has your audience changed? Has your audience changed? So um, at the the center of our audience, Mm -hmm. we know specifically who needs to have this conversation. Sure. Um, And there are people on the periphery who want to be a part of the conversation also. But at the core of our audience are majority women, mm-hmm. um, and majority women were in their thirties, between uh, twenty-five and forty-five, that want to have a conversation because in the 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 um, the people that suffer most from sexual deficiency in their relationships yeah. are women, right? So they want to figure out, yo, what is, what co- why is am I not on? satisfied? That's why, why I'm not fulfilled. Alchemy. It's so what's, true. What's, 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 what's the issue? Mm-hmm. So the, the, the sweet spot is kind of like a conversation hub. Right. Where you start that conversation, and you be like, oh, and then you could take things from the show and implement it in your life and adjust from there. And how about you guys, um, before I ask this yeah. question, tell us what what it's made of. What's the what's the show made of? So the show is erotic poetry. Mm-hmm. It's erotic dance, burlesque dance, male, female mm-hmm. burlesque dance. We have ero- comedy that's about relationships, mm-hmm. sensuality, sexuality. Um, A male have, review. We have yes. <laughs> we have uh, we have uh, live body paint. Mm. Sometimes we have fashion, um, music. And we have games that we play with the audience. Yeah. And it, the at the bottom, at the core of all of it is a normalization of conversations about sex and sexuality, and making those conversations fun. Yeah. So you go to the show and you have a good time, and you walk away like, oh shoot, I'm gonna try this when I get home. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I've seen the show change relationships. I've seen the show save marriages. Yeah. I've seen the show make babies. There's a bunch mm. of sweet spot babies yeah, all over the country. <laughs> <laughs> all over the country. That's There's amazing. A bunch of sweet spot babies that people meet at a sweet spot. We've had a ton of people get um, engaged at a sweet spot. Nice. Like, I want to do my engagement at this show because I met my partner here. Do they do it on the stage? They do it on the stage. That's they awesome. call us, they want to nice. do it. The last time we were in D.C., um, one of our partners who've been working for us, working with us for like six years, mm-hmm. uh, six, seven years we've been partnering, doing the show down there, she, her boyfriend called me up and was like, hey, listen, blah, 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 I want to do a surprise her. That's so nice. This whole thing on stage, and she was totally shocked because she didn't know it was happening. <laughs> and we do that all the time, all over That's the country. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Um, 
Oh man, that also the mm-hmm. thing that we people don't have conversations about. We try to have conversations about like. We always include LGBTQ people yeah. in a conversation because a lot of times we're having conversations about a lot of things and we we discount the fact that everybody needs to be a part of the conversation. Exactly. So that's a big part of what we do also. You have a sermon as a part of your show. Yeah. Tell us about that. Um, what do you mean by a sermon? Don't you do like something where you talk to the audience? Like, remember that you told me a story recently. <laughs> About um, oh no yeah we call it our soapbox your soapbox yeah we always um, there's certain I things I was thinking of Kanye <laughs> yeah sorry and, and, in general like the show is just fun mm-hmm. but every now and then there are certain issues that we feel like we need to hey listen I know we're doing the show everything is good but we need to make sure this is important we, we make sure you know this because this is important to us so we have a really serious conversation at the show about consent okay about enthusiastic consent. And we have developed this new thing called enthusiastic consideration. So enthusiastic consent is looking at a person to get consent from the person to make mm-hmm. sure you don't do nothing that the person's not into doing. Right. Um, enthusiastic consideration is about how you listen, about how you think about this person might be drinking, so I shouldn't be asking this question. Uh-huh. Um, this person might have, you know... Whatever the situation is like, Say you it. have to be. No, <laughs> you have to like man smoked yeah. or something. They're not in the right state to be state in a position mind. to mm-hmm. ask or to answer a question. Right. So you have to consider all these things, and that could only, you know, make life better for everybody and make sex better for everybody. Mm. So what I think is great about the sweet spot too is what makes you different from the other shows. Yeah. You have a sense of responsibility. Yes. Right. To yes. artists. Yes. To black people or yes. to people. Yes. You want to talk about that? Um, a big thing about our show is that um, it's artist-centered, yeah. right? Because I'm a performer. Because I've been to shows where it's not artist-centered. And you'll go in the room and people are doing everything and the artist is performing and nobody cares. Hmm. And it's like, why are we here? Right. It's like um, a if you go to a strip bar and it's like yes, the strippers on the stage and nobody cares. They really here for drinks and, and food yeah. and people do it sometimes dinner theater and I totally understand that whole thing, but we make our show artist centric for a specific reason because we believe in the power of art, right? And we believe that art in this context can really change people's lives and I've seen it change people's lives. So I can't think of a, a, a another way to change people's lives. Outside of centering around the art that we do uh-huh. in the show, so okay. we do that. Right. Um, also, we have an obligation to our people that come to our show. We call them citizens to make sure that they're in a safe space, to make sure the conversation is healthy, um, and to make sure that they could be as free as they can be in yeah. that space while they're there. I love it. Because some people do show sometimes, and you not. Because I've been to some places. I'm like, I'm not. Fully safe, like <laughs> you we know. Don't what I'm name no names, right? Sometimes just like the venue alone is like, oh, that's a problem, you know. Right. Yeah. Um, but like we make sure we give the people the best of everything that we can and put them in a. Uh, we have our show in, in venues that don't normally have this kind of conversation. Yeah, we're in the Howard Theater tomorrow nice. to have a conversation about sex and erotica. That's dope. We have 700 people coming to see the show. Nice. 700? That, yes. That means wow. 701. That's yes. great. So it's like, 
it's because of the what we put on the table while we're able to get through these doors and the amount of work we put into making sure the show is at a certain level where somebody like the Howard Theater be like, you know what, you could do this here. I think you guys don't get enough credit for what you do. Mm. I feel like you don't get the exposure you deserve. Um, and I feel like you are innovators and leaders in this industry, you know? Um, I hear you. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think, I think, I think in time, um, all that will come. Mm -hmm. What we're all, we're interested in, I tell us, we talk about this all the time with our team. Let's just do the work. Yeah. And the rest of it, we'll figure out, history will figure it out. But we just want to do the work. Um, every single, um, every quarter, we do a new show. Yeah. That means every single performer on the show, in our cast, develop new work from scratch every three months. There's nobody in the industry we're in that d does that. That's great. And that's why you could come to the show four times a year and every single time you come, you see a new show. So what do you think about where the industry is going? Yeah. So both industries, the sex industry as yeah. it is, and you know entertainment, but the sex industry first, right? Um, you're out here, you're on the ground doing a lot of work. There's, yeah. It's exploded yes. in the past, what, three years, I feel yes. like? Yes. The sex industry has yeah. exploded. And yeah. now people are getting on board and trying to do the things that you're doing. Yeah. Right? And you're out ahead of it. Yeah. Um, but in general, like, where are we going as a society? What's the future of sex? I in think, your opinion. I think what's happening is, like, for the past however long, however many years, people have been wanting to have this conversation. But the, um, the structures of society... Mm -hmm are um, the norms have prevented people from doing this, right? So mm -hmm. now we're in a situation where a lot of norms are being broken, where a lot of people are like, why not? So now people are doing what they really wanted to do. Yeah. And they're having <laughs> the conversations they really want to have. It's not like, for example, the Me Too movement isn't something new. What's been happening to women isn't new. Right. It's just that now women are like, we're why not? It's like, why yeah. not? Right. And now the, the, the norms in society we would tell women to sh don't say anything. Yeah. Those are out the window, so now women could speak out. It's the same thing with the conversations around sex. Like, um, people are in a position now where, like, I honestly want to have a conversation about my orgasms. Of course. Or I want to have a conversation about X, Y, Z. And that's the, the thing that's beautiful about what's happening now. Um, I think the more people that get involved, it's better for everybody. Mm -hmm. Only issue I have is that people sometimes get involved for the wrong reasons. Like, for example? Um, how do I put this the good way, right? So some people get involved purely for just the thrill right. of what's going on. Right. And that's normal because that's how humans are. But the part that's dangerous is that they put sometimes they put people's physical self, mm -hmm. people's emotions, um, people's um, life mm -hmm. in, in jeopardy. So it's like lack of responsibility. Yes. So you need to have, and the thing is that we don't have like a, a, a academy or, a regulation, or, or a regulation right? board exactly. to say, hey, listen, so you're going to have, um, you're going to get into BDSM. These are some rules that These you need to follow. These are class you need to take first. This is what you need to learn before you right. can say, oh, I'm a BDSM expert. I'm right. doing this to people. Uh, it's wide open. That, and, and that's my fear. Like, uh, in, on my timeline, it's like, I have every kind yeah. of thing you can imagine because it's my business. It's yeah. what I do. 
And I wonder sometimes, like, holy shit, where's this going? Because you see, like, young girls, they're yeah. doing the twerking videos. Yeah. And, like, you know, people are selling their bodies on Instagram and doing all this stuff. And on one hand, it's like, who am I to police someone's yeah. sexuality? Yeah. You know, but on the other hand, I'm just like, where the fuck is this going? Yeah. You know what I mean? I think, though, it, like most industries in time, all this stuff will come back. It needs to survive because um, these conversations are important and the people who want them to happen will make sure that people don't put them those conversations in jeopardy. So um, it'll develop over time. Yeah. Um, the people, What's your role in it? My role in it, what we do is we have a very, we have very strict rules of, around what we do. Right. So now what happens is the marketplace will decide for now. The marketplace mm-hmm. will say, you know what, I go to sweet spot, I feel 100% safe. Yeah. I can walk around wearing whatever I wear, looking sexy and don't right. feel like I'm an object or da 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 da. And then I go to this other place and it doesn't feel safe. That's right. So they'll go to the sweet spot and the sweet spot will become successful. Then people say, what are they doing? They'll realize, oh, the sweet spot has all these rules that da 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 around it to make sure people are safe, to make sure they don't exploit people, make sure um, people have the best time they can without feeling exploited. So, what and, do you think about? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, and and that's and I think that's in a sense of what I think the marketplace will do. Mm-hmm. I'm noticing that there's this sort of commercialization, yeah. also commodification of sex that's happening. Um, most recently. Uh, Candy Burris yeah. has the dungeon coming. Yeah. People might think what you do is similar, but it's different um, in that that's more entertainment, I think, than I think education. The, 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 the thing between us and her that might be different mm-hmm. is our philosophical underpinning. Mm-hmm. Like, we have a set goal that we want to reach in terms of what we do. Um, I'm not sure what her goal is. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be the same as sure. ours. Um, but we have a specific goal and a specific thing that we're following that we want to have conversations about sex we want to create a safe space for those conversations and we want to make sure people have better um sexual lives because if you have a better sexual life you will be a more a better realized person and i think that is the best future right yeah. so yeah. when you commercialize this it means that anything goes anything is out there and that's what I, that's what i feel yes but i think the marketplace because what happens is once somebody feel unsafe, especially in that environment, mm-hmm. they're not going to continually go there. Yeah, but how do they know that they are not safe? Oh, people know. Like, people know. Cause, I mean, I cause, think cause, about, cause, like, the young, younger generations yeah. that, are, that are coming up. You know what I mean? I will, I will say this. Um, I've had people go to other shows and call me up and mm-hmm. say, hey, listen, I went to this show. And blah, 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 blah. And they say whatever happened. I was like, I know that would never happen at your show. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, and that is a marketplace saying, I don't agree with this. And people will put their money in what they want to succeed. And sometimes Mm -hmm. people take um, uh, momentary success Mm -hmm. as as long-term success. We've been doing this for 14 years. And we started out in New York, just New York City. New York and Poets Cafe with uh, uh, 150 to 200 people <laughs> at the show. So, mm-hmm. so, and we've taken it all over the country, not because we are exploiting people, but because we create a space that's safe for people mm-hmm. and we're having an honest, healthy conversation. So, outside of New York, what's your favorite city? See, you can't do that. You can't do that. You can't do that. No. <laughs> all right. You've, wait, you've, how many shows have you been to? Oh, man, I, 
I've, I've been to the first show. Yeah, nice. I, I've been to yeah, I've been to I've I, you know I've seen um, I've seen the growth. I have to push back on you a little bit though. Okay, you said that uh, they should be more exposed. I think water rises to its own level, mm -hmm. yeah. and I think getting seven hundred people at the uh, at House of Blues in New Orleans, places DC. I mean, I've been to so many yeah. different venues. Um, I think I'm the only person who's seen the first show and yeah. and each Atlanta. Know, the whole cast that's there now I've seen, you know. So seeing the reaction of people in different cities, mm -hmm. I think that is the exposure. And and when I, you know, when I I'm I'm lucky enough that I'm you know, I'm close to power. Mm -hmm. so, <laughs> 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 I'm able to I'm able to, you know, get tickets to friends and I would call uh -huh. them up and they'd be there for the first time. Like last time we were in Atlanta. And I, you know, I yeah. brought a couple because I work in entertainment, okay. and, I, and I brought a, a couple of friends to the show, and everybody's, you know, the the running theme was how come I didn't know about this? I live in <laughs> exactly. Atlanta, yeah. and I just call them up again today. It's a that's, whole experience. Yeah, like that's what people don't get. Like you go, and it's an entire experience. And people feel like they have missed part of their lives because they're next to this in their city and they don't know about it. Wow. And I just called some friends up in Atlanta. I'm like, yo, May 11th, are you there? They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're bringing other friends. See? Yeah. So, so it's organic. Yeah. I love that. The thing about, you know, the thing about the sweet spot, and um, he won't tell you this, is that, I mean, outside of this, this is uh, in my brother. Yeah. So I've seen uh, this mindset wasn't there when it started. And he's grown and the show's grown. I mean, he didn't know that it'll be pop erotica 14 years ago, mm. right? But when you, you know, when you plant the seed, you can't control how the flower grows. That's right. And you just submit to that and, and the show's grown. And I, well, the thing about I, I've seen is that I've seen because, you know, we're such a Judeo-Christian Puritan society, mm -hmm. people's, people's um, sexual proclivities is wrapped up into that. So I've seen people come to the show and seeing the male review of the show and they look at each other for 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 consent can i look can right. i laugh no. can I, how do i react to this exactly. because your whole what life, part of this is a sin is right. this okay because your whole life you've mm -hmm. been taught mm -hmm. that anything surrounding sex or sexual expression is yeah. taboo yeah so here's a show putting it in your face in a safe space because i mean we we do the safe thing in our private lives. If, right. are, if, if we're hanging out with young ladies, we make sure they're safe. This is not. Yeah. This is this is an extrapolation of of your our, real life. Yes. Real life. Yeah. This is what I love about it. Yeah. You know our conversations. We had a conversation about about men men being scared of of, of seeing a, a male review and yeah. how they react. That's the story yeah. that you were telling me the yeah. other day. Yeah. And we Tell spoke the story. about that, and then and then he he spoke about it on stage at the Sony show. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's. It's really interesting to see um, to see how much of Ainsley's personal life and growth and evolution and worldview, mm -hmm. you know, as a Jamaican guy who deals, who's very, very strong against, um, you know, homophobia and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. How all that is gelded into the show, how he's very strict in his cast. One of the other things I got to say is that it, it is a myth that only black people could be on time or be professional because I've seen <laughs> <laughs> it is a myth oh, okay. because <laughs> wait not being on time or be professional not being yet that's that's a okay. myth because he I, I've you know I've seen his Your show start on time not oh. a show no, not, not, not Everything. Start on the rehearsals start on time mm. I've been there for them I have them on my phone the rehearsals start on time the crew's professional they start off in t-shirts 
now they all wear suits. Oh my I've god, like, the yeah. rebranding is yeah. amazing. Yeah. So yeah, so this is You guys are so elegant and, and, and sexy. How long you've been doing this show? I've been I'm going into my third year. So you've grown. Absolutely. And, and like yeah, I'm more I, like I said, I didn't write one question today. I'm just we're having yeah. a conversation. I'm you're, very comfortable. You're more comfortable, you're mm -hmm. more flair. And that, that happens. Once 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 the passion is involved. And I you know, I believe in the mark. I used to co own a, a bar in the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Right? A very popular bar. And um that I, you know, co owned for like three, four years. Mm -hmm. And uh, women would come to me and say, uh, hey, this guy grabbed my ass. Oh, mm. this guy grabbed my shoulder. Men are, you know, men are very mm -hmm. predatorial. And I would address that. And women would know that when they came to the bar, they could be very comfortable around mm -hmm. me. Because you would take care of and it. And I, I don't, I, you know, because in any, in, any, in any group, in any nation, in society, the the well-being of the women and the children it really depicts how progressive the society is mm -hmm. right yep. mm -hmm. and and he does that and you have to you have to maintain the well-being of the woman they have to feel comfortable in all spaces how do we get this message out there we're going to switch gears because you i can't like not address that no 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 you know, I, I, I was just, I talk about, I try to talk a little bit about patriarchy in every show and right. sexism and all these things and you know what what's your message to the generation coming up because I have um, a, a large percentage of the men that listen to this show mm. are between the ages of twenty five and thirty five. Well, one of the things we have to do is stop. Um, using <laughs> using terms that 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 the people we want to reach don't agree don't understand mm -hmm. patriarchy allies mm -hmm. um, <laughs> yeah heteronormative, heteronormative behavior but 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 that's millennial speak like they no, truly no, understand that's, that language no, that's, it does that's you know that's the talented tenth speak that's how that's how <laughs> academics speak right? this is true if if there's a guy walking up gates and I don't want and I don't want to um, right. I don't want to right. It's a profile, yeah. But mm -hmm. if this guy, when you said, "Yo, you exhibiting heteronormative behavior," he's gonna be, "What the?" Right. right? Yeah. But you know, when right. I talk, to, when I talk to my son, and he like he sends me an Instagram, and he says, "Yo, that chick is cool," I don't, I don't preach to him. Mm -hmm. I'm like, "So she's a chick?" He's like, "Yeah." I was like, "You sure she would like if you call her a chick?" Hmm. He's like, "Yo, right?" Because mm -hmm. I, when I was at, because we gotta supplant yourself to that time. That's right. And I used to exhibit that type of behavior. So you have to allow the seed time to grow. Mm -hmm. yeah. So what I do, I take myself back to that time, and I didn't want to be preached to because I knew everything. What was your awakening? When was your period of awakening? Well, a lot. So a marketplace correction, which is the human psyche, mm -hmm. where you allow yourself to have new information come in. I because I you know unless it, you know that's why that's why I don't fuck with Christians because mm -hmm. they know everything and mm -hmm. everything is decided already mm -hmm. and I think information is always moving of course yeah. so the more information you get the more you change your behavior or the more you align yourself with the new information you get so I was a, I was a 15 year old kid in Trinidad um, on a pickup truck stoning transsexual men yeah. Sunday nights <laughs> oh right? man yeah until one mm -hmm. of them stabbed one of my friends mm -hmm. and that didn't change my behavior or my outlook. But it woke me up, and now I'm a fierce, you know, advocate. Mm -hmm. I never thought in my 40s, I'd, you know, I'd be right. like that. But what I'm saying is that the information, the information comes. These are regular people, you know. I thought it was a sin. Yeah, the, the philosopher Descartes always one of his themes is unlearning all the information and mores and and things you've you know you've taken for um, as law, mm -hmm. as social law, 
and a social construct throughout the ages and and relearn those ideals and ideas right to construct a new society and mm -hmm. I think in 2019 I think that's um, I think that's the mandate for all of us you know we that's mm -hmm. why we in this country look at the kids and we and we deal with a lot of respectability politics mm -hmm. yes remember, we do we do so that you know so you have People in their, I, I always challenge my friends, people in their 40s and 50s, they're like, oh, mumble rap. And, mm -hmm. you know, and I, I, I just bring out little Kim's lyrics. Oh, man. I bring mm. in Biggie's lyrics. And I said, hmm. And we oh, were bring, uh, hardcore about it. Oh, hardcore. Bring, yeah. Yeah. No nah. pun intended. Really right. hardcore. And we were, and, and some of those songs by the same standards are despicable. If, yeah. if you're judging on what the, the despicability meant. Exactly. You know. And metric right so why did you why you know why were you allowed to have that fun right right and the kids are not allowed to be as ratchet and as random as it, that well, that's be, the thing you right? know it it, it, it is a, it's and kids kids see kids see that conundrum so when you when you, mm. you the, the idea is not to to correct but to guide my daughter my youngest um, she's starting to become aware of what I do and sometimes she'll come across something that's, you know, inappropriate for her age. And um, I'll tell her, uh, so she'll say like, mom, you know, why are you doing this? You know, I said, well, I'm trying to help people. And when you put it in that context, you know, and helping her understand that there are people that don't know anything about their bodies. They don't right. understand pleasure. Right. Um, and, you know, I just have a, just a straightforward conversation for, with her. And I think that's the best thing I can do for her. Um, because I want her to be a freed, right. a, a freed woman. You yes. know, when she, I want her to know her own pleasure mm. and not have to like. I mean, I just came into my pleasure in my forties. <laughs> right. So it's it's, right? again, it's respectable. I didn't. I know you didn't, <laughs> but I did. No, but respect again. Yeah, but you remember, in the, remember in the in the nineteen twenties, W. D. Bois and a bunch of other, you know, black elites, uh -huh. they thought jazz music was the worst thing that was ever invented. Exactly. Yeah. But it wasn't because of the music, it was because there was a music of, of the working it class. Had a, right. right. And it had and a the, pulse. And it's also, it, also because of what they believed about the working class. Right. Yes. What they believed about the working class and what they believed real good music was, was yeah. Chopin, yeah. um, Bach. Bach, Bach and Schubert, They believed that Beethoven, was the standard. Be Beethoven. Yeah. And, right. Mm -hmm. So these kids who are, who they, you know, they took music programs out of school, and now these kids are creating their, their own, own beats, music, yeah. right? This is what the respectability politicians do, which is the most upon us. Right. Oh, this is what they're doing. Girls are twerking. That's going to work itself out. Right. There's going to be a market correction. I agree. And, right? So just guide the kids and human principle. How do you make the world a better place? How do we integrate? How do we tell, the, tell you know, you, you have to intervene in the most. Some of my friends in their 40s are the most sexist, homophobic people I know. <laughs> No, right? I know it's right? true. Some of the Facts. most so true. Right? It's terrible. I don't mean to laugh, but it's true. And they're on Facebook dissing the amigos or young girls who twerk. Mm -hmm. So my my, how do I how do I talk to the youth? I talk to my friends. You have to intervene at those intervals. My friends yeah. who say stupid homophobic stuff. My yeah. friends who say sexist stuff. My daughter said to me the same one. She said uh, I said something to the respect of uh, made something gender specific. And she goes, Mom, no, there are no gender roles. Mm. You know, and so I was like, Yes. Yes. <laughs> you know, so I can wear blue. You know, I yeah. can play boy sport, so called boy sports. I can play basketball. I can yeah. play football. You know, and she's, um, yeah. She's right. going to be you, something special. You, you got new information. Exactly. So you changed. 
Exactly. Right, and the and the kids really listen to you and mm -hmm. watch you. Mm -hmm. Right, so a lot of the way the kids behave now is modeled after things we've ratchet things we've said and done. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right, and now we look back and because we're so into respectability politics and Judeo-Christian puritanic behavior. We're like, oh, look at that over there. Exactly. Not knowing that I know women in their forties right yeah. now who were busting it out when the little kid was out. Yeah. Mm. Bust it down, Tatiana. All day. All day. <laughs> and now they and now they look at them and they say, "What are you yeah. doing?" Yeah. No, that's what you were doing. Yeah. Yeah. Because so it's funny. Like I had a conversation once with my with my grandmother, right? And she was talking about, oh, what these kids are doing nowadays, and I was like. You had your first kid when you was 14. Exactly, mm. Grandma. <laughs> yes. I'm like, yes. See? I'm like, and she's like, no, it was different. No, she said, it was different back then. I was how like, many, no, it's not. No, no, it's the same. How many people Grandma know they're 37 it. and their mom is 53? How many people you know is 25 and their mom is 22? Exactly. It's so true. It's so true. I have yeah. so many friends who had their children in high school. Yeah, you know, it's life. yeah, we and yeah. we have to. We can't. We can't think that that young. You know, I, there's a, a great poet from back and I'm back in our time. His name is Jasiri. I know Jasiri. We right, know Jasiri. Right, and mm -hmm. he wrote a poem one time. I remember this line always. And he was like, "I came down the elevator. I came down the elevator. I was holding my mother's hand, and ladies stretch over and say, what do you be? What do you be? What do you want to be when you grow up?'" You know, one day, and he and he said, at seven, I was already grown. Mm. You know, people think that you you're gonna grow into this thing, not exactly. knowing that kids pay attention to everything, yeah. Yeah. and they sense everything, Shout and they know, right, and they know yeah. everything, you yeah. know, and and mm -hmm. and so when you the thing with the young men is that you have to be authentic. Yeah. yeah. You know, you have to come from a space of care, and coddling instead of pointing fingers. Yeah. yeah. And controlling and that allow them not, to to emote. Yeah, that doesn't work. You have to you, when they trust you, they they change your behavior like that. Yeah, because people, young people are designed, and we all were to push back. Yeah, to go against authority or what they think is authority. So you take that away, and you're like, "Yo, man, come on, man." <laughs> they Yo, open up. They open up, yeah. man, man. Leave her alone, man. She cool for that. I I right, I'm cool. And they see mm. it differently. But when you're like, yo, right. it is heteronormative. It comes from the... All <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> intellectualized. I no, agree with that. No. I agree with that. You, know, you got to be able to meet the people. There, you have to be relatable. Yeah. You I have agree. to be re relatable. And your intent must be pure. Yeah. It's so interesting because I was talking to somebody about feminism in that way. Yes. Um, I get policed a lot, mm. you know, by my feminist friends because... I have a tendency because I'm I, I don't believe I believe that men have a have a say. I believe that men should have a voice in mm. within the feminist movement. Although feminism is different for black women and white women, but we're talking about But we talking about what I'm talking about, yeah. I'm yeah. talking about <laughs> black women. I ain't yeah. even thinking yeah. about it's a whole different it's two I different mean, things. But I'm talking about black I'm black and yeah. I'm talking about feminism, I'm talking about our feminism, right? Yeah. So um so I know I get a, a little bit of flack for that, but I'm a mother to a, a son. You know what I mean? So I have to speak for him. I have to speak yeah. for my father, my brothers, and you know, men that I love. You know, and um, and we all are in this together. So I get yeah. a lot of flag for that. But I also think um, I even had someone say to me that they didn't appreciate what I was doing. Oh. Didn't appreciate you were doing it in terms of um, sex education um, as it relates to. I don't want to go into details. Um, 
But I thought it was really, really interesting because I felt like that was really personal yeah. because I think we need what I'm doing. We need for people to have this conversation. And um, and feminism needs to be to address the issue yeah. with men well, and sexuality. Well, yeah, because mo most movements, especially black movements that um, are concentrated in, in power, the last thing they think about is, is women's equality. Mm -hmm. What's the Panthers, SNCC, any yeah, movement, yeah, the the <laughs> the rights of women, they'll they'll go against the cops, but mm -hmm. they won't go for equal pay or equal rights yeah. of women, because mm -hmm. you know women will did you do the flyers and take the notes, mm -hmm. right? But ask black men to focus on, on equal rights for women is a very difficult thing. But they and, have and, to be a part of the conversation. But you know what they do? Yeah, yeah. But you know they have to understand they're part of the power structure and yeah, privilege. Right. But the, the, the crazy part about that is like, as much as we laud those people in those days, there were women there trying to have them ask them to have those conversations. And hold them accountable. And they refused to have those conversations, yes. so, a lot of them. So and here's what's happening. So, I'm sorry, finish. Yeah, no, no, so the, re the, the, the reason why I say that is that um, sometimes people always point back to the time mm -hmm. right? and say, no, that was that time. It's just like today, you're trying to have an honest conversation about um, sexuality, about sex, um, about relationships. women, about relationships, and there bang, are people bang, bang. who are pushing back <laughs> against that. Yes. And in 20 years, they're going to say that was the time, but you're like, no, I was trying to have a conversation with you, right. mm -hmm. and you were saying no. Right. So it's like, that's about accountability, and what happens is we never, we have never held the people in the past accountable for the things that they denied other people. Mm -hmm. Right. So we can't really get an honest solution moving forward, because if <laughs> Malcolm X got away with it, and Martin Luther King get away That's with right. it. Why shouldn't I be able to get away with it too? Because history's going to be like, hey, he did great. Yes. Right. But he never tried to have a conversation about all the other issues surrounding women or trans people or gay people or poor people. Because we still, we still privileged exactly. just to be in the exactly. this conversation. Yeah. And, and I think what, but what I see more of now is that women just moving away, moving away, mm. moving away. Black women. Yes. There's a huge gap. Yes, mm. yes. And, and, and there's a dissonance in the conversation. There's a real dissonance. I was looking at somebody who will remain unnamed. They're looking at her, her Instagram feed. And she said, could I get a guy just to level up? Mm. And there were 347 responses. She has 80,000 followers. Wow. And every response was, yeah, I know what you're saying. These guys are bums out here. Now, it's, he's a professionally educated woman. Yeah. And there were 300 responses, not one. Not one response was like, yeah, they're good brothers out here. Every response was brothers are bums. And they mm -hmm. meant it not necessarily in a psychological way yeah. or in terms of character, but in terms of Material. achievement, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. This brother doesn't have his stuff together, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And that's how that's how we measure now character. Mm -hmm. character. So there's a real big mm -hmm. is based it's on, a huge, a it's huge, a huge gap. A huge gap, but yeah. it's because the conversation is not happening yes. in honest, a real yes. way an honest, an honest conversation. conversation so this because is like the third show in a week that i've had men on talking about this so i'm yeah. excited yeah I always um, have women on. It's, it's easy to talk about too but the commitment to that to that specificity Outside of the of thing yeah. is really hard it's hard mm -hmm. because you have to correct yourself all the time and you find yourself slipping yeah when you say that bit you gotta be like oh, yeah i can't say that <laughs> <laughs> all right let's switch yeah. gears um because we're almost out of time but i wanted um Ainsley, our guest of honor, to, to read, read something, something the from the book. Because it's sexy, yeah. sexy, sexy, so and I just want to give y'all a taste. Brenton is on his way down the stairs, oh boy. It was as if he was being carried by some strange ghost of desire. 
His eyes were glued to her beautiful ass. I shouldn't be doing this, he thought to himself. He thought about Emily. He thought about the passion they had. Why was he doing this? Yes, he wanted to let go of this woman's hand, but something inside of him would not let him. What the fuck is wrong with you, Brent? He said in a hushed murmur. And just when he had made up his mind to turn back, she paused on the devil stairs, leaned against the wall, pulled him in slowly and took his hand and slid it slowly up her skirt. Was her pussy wet? No, it was drenched. It was like a torrential downpour. At this point, Brent knew the vagina gods must have been testing him and he was more than willing to fail their test. He flipped her around, hiked up her skirt and placed his entire face in her soaking crotch. Her pussy was like an ocean of dripping silk. A young couple passed them on the stairs. Brenton shot to his feet and bang. They're in the woman's bathroom and she's sucking centuries, no, eons from his dick. Her tongue was like the bow of a finely tuned violin. She moved up and down the full shaft with a brutal kind of grace. The slurping and kissing sounds had Brenton on his toes in tears. He was only interrupted by her ad-libs. You love the way I suck it like a whore, don't you? Oh, I'm such a dirty little whore. Brenton was trying his best not to come. He clenched his teeth, tightened his eyes, and before he could say, I'm coming, her mouth was filled with his warm explosion. She moaned and writhed as she swallowed. Brenton was frozen. She stood up, took his face in her palms, looked him in his eyes, and said, good boy, as if he was her pet poodle. Yes. <laughs> Y'all got to run out. I got to take a get break. This book. I'm telling you. I got to take a break. I love I'm it. Bathroom, Thank you so much, Ainsley. <laughs> Did I tell you that? <laughs> Is that your story? <laughs> I, told, I saw it and I told him. <laughs> that was from an excerpt from the book Bang, Bang, Bang by Ainsley. So, so that, no, that's from Sex Addiction. I'm sorry. Excuse yeah. me. Um, and I start from the addiction. book Sex Addiction yeah. by Ainsley Burroughs, the founder of The Sweet Spot, author, poet, visual artist, fellow Brooklynite by way of J.A. Thank you so much for coming and joining and us. And if anybody wants a book, they just go to sweetspotnation.com or neochaos.com. And how can we find about the shows? The shows are on sweetspotnation.com. Sweet as you spell sweet, spot as you spell spot, and nation as you spell nation. No fancy spelling. SweetSpotNation.com. The shows are on there. Books are on there. Um, if you want to see some of my art, it's NeoChaosNow.com. NeoChaos. Check it out, guys. This Neo is Chaos Now. Artwork is amazing. Yeah, so Thank my you. question for you. Yeah. Have you thought about doing an audio book? Yes. We're working on that as we speak. Um, when we do the show, L'Oreal, my wife normally reads from the book. And she has a very good... Um, our reading voice yes, and she, does. she has a very good interpretive voice and people love it so she's probably going to be the one reading the book cool another thing is have you thought about piggybacking off on a reaching the masses yeah statement have you thought about doing it on video like oh yeah with we i am already thinking about that um i want to make this a series on hbo um, HBO, call me. My number is 347-409-7442. Let's talk about it. Metro Media Productions will be the first to die. All right, let's go. <laughs> That's great. Thanks for those added questions.
Um, Ainsley, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Darren. 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 Oh, so that's why I was confused. I was like, are they both Don't be Darryl? confused. Don't be okay. confused. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Darren. And thank you, Daryl, Officer Be Free. <laughs> Bye, lovers. Bye, lovers.